This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, we continue this week with an extraordinary section of Matthew's Gospel. We've been reading from it the last couple weeks. The chapter is now immediately preceding the account of Jesus' passion and death. So something is really intensifying here in Matthew. There's an emotional power to these uh, passages. The Lord now is in Jerusalem. He's addressing the chief priests and elders of the people. We hear that phrase repeated a lot. He's addressing, in short, the religious establishment. And he continues to contrast the kingdom of God, which he's announcing, from the religion that they represent. Now, don't overdraw this distinction, but also don't underdraw it. There's always a danger within any religious system that the focus becomes so um, exclusively on the sort of details and traditions and practices of the religion that the heart of it's forgotten. And Jesus is always coming back to this point. Everything we do in a given religion, including our own, is meant to open us up to divine friendship. I mean, that's what it's finally about. And if you're so focused in a sort of fussy way, or even an aggressive way, on the details without getting the heart, well then, you know, what's the point? So that's, I think, what these um, stories are about, these contrasts. Well, in this context, he proposes this parable. The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. Well, we're on pretty familiar ground here because the New Testament often uses the image of the wedding feast to talk about this friendship between God and the human race. Think most famously of the wedding feast at Cana. Now, here's Jesus as a guest at the wedding. See, because he is himself in person the wedding of heaven and earth. It's a master image for obvious reasons. He himself in person is the coming together of heaven and earth, of divinity and humanity. And see, here's the good news for us. We, his followers, are invited to join in the joy of this union. It's not just this, you know, odd metaphysical fact. Oh, yeah, Jesus long ago was identical, uh, identified with God. Well, no. I mean, we're invited to the wedding. See, we're invited to be guests at the wedding so that we can participate in the joy of this union. So notice, as we parse this story theologically, the king, is God the Father, is giving a banquet for his son. Well, that's God the Son whose bride is the church. See, I mean, really intensify it. We're not just guests at the wedding. We're, we're the bride at the wedding. See, we're meant to marry the son who's being proposed to us as the bridegroom. The joyful intimacy of the father and son is now offered to us to be shared. Listen now to Isaiah. It's our first reading for today. 
It's a beautiful parallel with the gospel. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will provide for all peoples a feast of rich food and choice wines. Juicy, rich food and pure, choice wines. Okay, Yahweh spreading out his banquet. Yahweh wants to feed his people. But see, who would have guessed how extravagantly this promise would be fulfilled? Thomas Aquinas said that God is the supreme good. To be good is to be diffusive of oneself, to give oneself away. And therefore, Thomas says, though it was unexpected, it's reasonable in retrospect when we say, sure, God ultimately gave his very self. That's the wedding feast now of the sun. This is a banquet of incomparably rich food and unbelievably choice wine. Why? Because it's the sun himself who's being offered to us. Okay, that's all the good news, if you want. That's the immediate uh, positive side. But as the parable goes on, we see there is an edge to all of this. Now, why? Because it's the king who's doing the inviting. A wedding banquet for his son. In other words, in terms of the parable, this is a state occasion of great moment. Think now, it's maybe a dumb analogy, but the Queen of England invites you to the wedding, let's say, of her, of her grandson. Well, that's not just an ordinary invitation, like being invited to you know, a friend's wedding from college. No, no, the Queen of England has invited you to a wedding. Uh, I suppose Barack Obama couldn't invite you to his daughter's wedding. They're too young. But let's say they were a little bit older. The President of the United States invites you to the wedding of his daughter at the White House. Well, you don't just say, oh, no, I can't make it. You know, that's not an ordinary invitation. That's a very serious state occasion sort of invitation. Press it even further now, given the politics of Jesus' time and place. The wedding banquet was a way of affirming the king's power and the legitimacy of his succession. See, when a king said, come to the, to the wedding of my son, that's his way of saying, you know, you better come and show your loyalty to me because this is my successor. By coming to the wedding, you were saying, yeah, I'm on the king's side. I'm on the side of his family and his succession. By not coming, you were committing an act of insurrection. Now, see, this helps to explain. Now, it's a story, so you know, don't over-literalize things. But it helps to explain the king's very severe reaction when people don't come. So people get the invitation, and it says, some ignored the invitation and went away. One to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. I mean, come on. You get the invitation, the state affair, state occasion. And you're either so blasé about it, hey, just go away, or you're so preoccupied, oh, I got my farm, got my business, or even at the limit, you're so offended by this that you kill the servants. What's going on here, friends? This is where this parable really cuts to the heart, doesn't it? Everybody listening to me has been invited to the best wedding you could imagine. More to it, again, we press the analogy a bit. You haven't just been invited. I mean, you're, you're being proposed as, 
as the uh, bride to this incomparable groom. God the Father has sent his Son in order to share his divine life with us. That's the proposal of Christianity. Now, I, I don't care you know, how you slice this thing. I don't care how much study you do in comparative religions or philosophy. There is no religion on the planet, no philosophy on the planet that has ever proposed a more extraordinary opportunity to the human race. That just isn't. God became human, that humans might become God. That's the way the church fathers put it. It just means God became human, that we might become sharers in the divine life. That's the wedding banquet. To miss that is to miss everything. To miss that is to be insulting to the king. To miss that is to perform an act of insurrection. See, and that's what happens to all of us who in different ways at different times refuse that invitation. See, again, this is why the king responds in such an egregious way. We hear that he sends his troops and he attacks these people and burns down their city. Well, see, what's being communicated to us is a very simple point. This matters enormously. In fact, nothing matters more. Oh, I got my farm. I got my business. You know, come on. Nothing matters more than how you respond, whether you respond to this invitation. Oh, you know, I'm a pretty busy guy. I got a lot on my mind. Come on. Come on. Your life is over like a sigh, as the psalmist says. 70 years, 80 for those who are strong. All the things that preoccupy us in the course of our lives, I mean, they're fine, important, sure, 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 but they're nothing compared to this invitation. All that finally matters is how and whether you respond to this invitation. See, that's why the intensity of the king's reaction is so important. It's meant to wake us up. That's why I think all of us pretty instinctively realize that we're being named in this parable. We've all heard the invitation of God to enter into intimacy with him, to make him the center of our lives, to be married to him in Christ. And we find the most pathetic excuses not to respond. You know, here's something I've talked about a lot, and I'll say it again. The tragedy of secularism. I got nothing against the secular world. I like the secular world. I don't like secularism. That's an ideology that says I can be satisfied by the goods of this world, period. Pleasure, money, power, success, honor, all the usual suspects, nothing in the world wrong with them in themselves. But they are not meant to satisfy the human heart. We're invited in all kinds of ways to participate in these things, to take advantage of them, to benefit from them, and nothing wrong with that. But how tragic if we respond to all those invitations, but we don't respond to the one invitation that matters. If I know God is calling me, but money matters more to me. If I know God is calling me, but my career matters more to me. If I know God is calling, but my entertainment and pleasure matter more to me, then I've got a tragedy on my hands. That is nothing short of pathetic. The parable's meant to, I think, to highlight what strange priorities we tend to have. And then press it. 
even going so far as killing the messengers sent to us from the king. You see what that means? Sometimes we can become actually aggressive toward those who bear the good news of our invitation. Think of the very aggressive edge of secularism tending toward atheism today. You know? That's a kind of attack on those who are proposing to us the best possible thing. Okay, okay. So what does the king do as the parable comes to his close? He sends his servants out. Look, those who were invited didn't come, and so I'm going to invite everybody. He goes out to the highways and byways, throws open the doors of the banquet. Everybody can come in. Jesus said to the self-righteous, the tax collectors and prostitutes are getting into the kingdom of God before you. See, God's invitation is so generous and so grand. He goes out to those who don't feel invited, to those who are not privileged. He goes out to the blind, the crippled, the the sinners, the marginalized. So we hear the servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. It's very important now. This is evangelization, isn't it? This is that ministry of outreach that bears the divine invitation to everybody, good and bad. Maybe some received this invitation in a kind of privileged way, but, you know, they didn't respond. Okay. Then the invitation goes out to low and high, to good and bad, insiders and outsiders. That's the great stance of the church, to invite into the banquet. Here's the point, friends. You've all heard this message. You know it. You've heard the invitation. It's the best thing on offer. Stop making excuses. Stop saying you got something better to do. You don't have something better to do. Respond now, today, to this great message of salvation. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Four years in the making, and it's finally here. Our new Catholicism documentary series, book, and study program are now available to order online at catholicismseries.com. Will you help me introduce this epic film series to your parish, school, family, and friends? Catholicism is an unprecedented adventure around the world and deep into the faith. Learn more at catholicismseries.com or call 1-866-928-1237. That's 1-866-928-1237.